So tonight when you took us to Chick-fil-A, yeah. you were standing in line with the kids and I had set up the table next to the play area. So the kids, which honestly is seems like a good idea, but then... Well, Emerson didn't want to eat at all. He just wanted to go and play. Uh-huh. But anyways, I had set up the table and I was sitting there all comfy and cozy and deeply contemplating the day that was today. And all of a sudden, <laughs> there's like a deafening thud because a kid had run full force into the glass reader. Which I need to not laugh so hard about this, but and the kid like... I looked up, like, suddenly, it was a a very loud noise, and he kind of looked dazed and then kind of, like, walked crookedly (laughs) away. (laughs) Like, he was up in the play area again before, because he was like, oh, I hope he doesn't have a concussion. (laughs) But if that's not just life sometimes. Oh, yeah. Hi, I'm Derek Mast. And I'm Tanya Mast. We've got two kids, Rainy. And Emerson. And we're set to learn about marriage, parenting, and whatever else comes up. This is the journey of two young homeschooled Christian parents exploring what we're teaching and learning while we grow ourselves and raise our kids. But I don't think that uh, ice cream did any favors for my voice, but uh, mm. here we go. It sounds so creamy. <laughs> I've got uh, <sighs> some rumble to my voice today. This week, I'm the one that's sick. You're not actually sick now. Yeah, I was when I was singing downstairs, I was like, this is the first time in a while that I can <laughs> hit the thing. notes that I want to. It sounded wonderful. I love mm-hmm. hearing you play piano and sing. Moody fall days are the perfect time to pull out some melancholy. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot to cover this week. But before we do that, of course, we have to get into what we've learned recently. So, Tanya, <laughs> you spicy bowl of curry. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> what have you learned this week? Oh, well, in the last two weeks. So well, yes, many yes, things. Yes, last, last So last many things. Uh, well, tonight we had our first... Um, racial diversity conversation with Rainy as oh, yeah. initiated by Rainy. I feel like I've hinted, you know, different things in the past, but tonight she looked across Chick-fil-A and saw a man who was Asian and she was like, he looks like Unleong, which is like her only Asian friend right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was so out of the blue that, but it was great. It started a whole conversation about how People all look different, often depending on where they come from or what their lineage is. Mm -hmm. And we broke that down into being more understandable for a toddler. And then we talked about how people's hearts are the same still, though. And Mm -hmm. people love and are kind and still feel pain the same. And it's really cool that God made us all different. Yeah. So then she was looking around the restaurant, kind of picking out different features that were different different hair textures that were different from other hair textures. And yeah, in general, I feel like I try to teach her to not comment on people's bodies. Um, yeah. Because 
well, I've just taught her that it's not kind to point out like one part of people's bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, unless, you know, I guess maybe I've told her it's okay if we're saying something kind, like I like your dress yeah. or something like that. I, it, it's kind of a hard thing <clears throat> to teach because, of course, none of us want that want that situation where the child points very exuberantly at the the fattest person in the room. Oh, I'll tell you that that conversation when we're walking through Target. Oh yeah, a man walks by with long hair and a nose piercing, and she says. What what dat in her nose? <laughs> well, that is a man, and he has a piercing, just like me, but different. Mm-hmm. It was a septum piercing, and she hadn't oh, seen that before. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, cool. She said it right next <laughs> to him. <laughs> so bad. Uh, good stuff. So, what did you learn this week, Derek? Well, one thing that I've learned is that caffeine is just definitely not a replacement for sleep. Boo. As much as people want to say that it is, they are full of crap. Listen, there is an optimal world for all of us, but there is also reality. Okay, well let me let me walk you through let me walk you through my experience here. All right. So there was if all the raindrops were lemon drops and milk <laughs> duds oh what a world this would be but listen here buddy old pal <laughs> that is not why we call it reality okay all right real let, let me just hang I keep just, nosing the mic tonight yeah it's <laughs> anyway See, if we ever have a patreon this is the information that people get to have. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just a video of you nose. Oh, yes. With your nose. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm going to be quiet. Um, so this was my experience. I was, one of these days when I was trying to get up before, regardless, like just forcing myself to be up at four so that I can, you know, be up and about and like get a start in the day. And... I've gotten into espresso recently. I don't know if I mentioned that last week or not, or last time, but I've gotten into espresso and making made myself some espresso. I was dragging the entire time, just like propping my eyes open. Had my espresso, laid kind of like sat on the couch, and I basically just watched YouTube videos to keep myself awake the entire time. Coffee doesn't work the same for you as it does for me, though. True. True. However, uh, this morning, uh, same deal, except I got a little bit more sleep last night. Did you make yourself espresso this morning? I did make myself espresso. And I put everything away and everything was I know. I'm so impressed. (laughs) And boy, that just gave me the nicest little buzz this morning. I was up and doing all the things. I think that's how normal people feel about coffee. Must be. So I just need like a base minimum amount of sleep for coffee to have any sort of a worthwhile effect. Anyway, what's your next thing? Catch a mouse as soon as you see it. (laughs) That's what we are both learning. About a month ago, we saw a mouse popping out now and then, and then he went away for a while, and we thought he was gone. But guys, there was not just one mouse. There was two mice. And... um. They were in the walls, and they were bored, and they were entertaining themselves. 
And suddenly we had many mice. And I thought that we just had one mouse that was really bold um, popping up all around the house. And then there was two back-to-back appearances that I was like, okay, the mouse is teleporting or there are more. And eight mice later, (laughs) here we are. We'll see if we're going for 10. We have since gotten some live traps. Oh, well, so once we started seeing them popping up more recently, once we started seeing the mouse poop and everything. um, Ugh, guys. Oh, guys. (laughs) It's not even like mice poop is not like deeply impactual. Impactful? Impactual, dude. Impactual. Okay, we'll go with that. It's canonical new word no, here on right. Set to Learn. Impactful. <laughs> no, I like it. Uh, set to Learn how to not say things correctly. <laughs> um, well, darn it. Now I forgot what I was saying. Uh, mouse poop is not yeah. dif- deeply impactful. Impactful. It's not like dog poop that's like large and stinky. But uh-huh. It's still like, y'all, this You this know is a mouse house. is pooped there. And like, I clean it up with cleaning solution, but still it's like... And they just poop all over it. Yeah. And I don't know where all the poop is. Mouse poop. Poop, poop. Anyways. Yeah. And it's uh, hard to deep clean with cleaning solution when you have a crawler and a curious toddler. But we did mm -hmm. have some really good conversations, Rainy and I, and she watched me scrub my stove, deeply intrigued. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, uh, when we first started seeing these popping up again, tried using traditional mousetraps. Mousetraps do not work unless you... Actually, I did find a way to make them work. I wrapped some string cheese around it and then put some peanut butter on it. Otherwise, they just lick all the peanut butter off and they don't set off the trap. They're really smart. They're really smart and they're really tiny and cute. In um, one of our last, um, last bouts of mice, though... Tell the story of the disappearing trap. Oh, yeah. So I. Because it makes my heart so sad and I just need to document it. <laughs> I I came downstairs in the middle of the night to grab Tanya something because she needed something. I forget what and it was. And Derek has caught most of the mice by hand or with humane traps. But as we were waiting Holla. for humane traps, he used some less humane traps because. We were just kind of reaching our wits' end. I said I didn't want to hear about it, I didn't want to see it, but. Yes. Um, so went downstairs uh, to grab something in the middle of the night. The two uh, two of the lethal traps were trap were, were tripped. Two two mice were in them, um, and so I was like, okay, well I'll get it in the morning. I'm gonna get the thing and go back upstairs and get some sleep and then get some espresso in the morning. And then when I came down in the morning. To get my espresso, what do I see but only one trap that was set off? It's like, oh, what? There was a second trap here. And so I'm looking and looking and I don't see anything until I look under the fridge and the mouse trap is upside down and shoved <laughs> under the fridge a good ways. Like someone was dragging it back in there trying to save their friend. No. <laughs> little mouse friend yes yes so it's like a twisted version of that scene with the raft on titanic i have never seen titanic oh well 
someday I'll explain. Okay. When I'm older. Yes. When you're prepared. Okay. I'm maybe going to have to use a quarter for this, but... What if you're starting it like that? Then you definitely do okay. Need to all right, all right. In. I'm just gonna go. And also, is it really worth it to you? Yes. Oh, it's worth it to me. Oh man, I can't figure out how to frame this into what I'm learning. But so I'm actually having a job change at work, which is fun and fascinating and and wonderful. I used to be a foreman. Well, I still am a foreman. Transitioning over to more of a service and tech role for our solar systems to be able to. Um, Work on older systems, figure out what's wrong, fix them, make them work better. And I have this grand plan to get into electronics to roll our own monitoring system for our inverters. And I've gotten approval to just tinker with stuff and just like buy Raspberry Pis to play with and figure out. And it's time for another quarter. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a fo- like one of the old timey phones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tick, tick, tick. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, no, that's, that's it. That's it. That's all. So I am learning Raspberry Pi right now. It's an ongoing thing. I thought this was set to learn, not set to brag. It's not a, it's not brag. It's, it's an excitement. It's okay. not, it's excitement. Yes. And I'm very proud I'm of you. To and learn. I'm excited to see you shine in this new position. I get to play with wires and little breadboards and stuff. And I have no idea what I'm doing and they're still letting me do it. All right. What else you got? Um, I am learning that in this stage of parenting and marriage, uh, naps are the currency of our love. <laughs> that is a wonderful way to put that. There was like two days last week that Derek, one day that he came back early and one weekend day that he's just like, go take a nap. Oh, that fills up my love bucket so high <laughs> when I am not sleeping well. So, that. Yay. Find your loved one and encourage them to take a nap. Yes. I know I feel the same way when you encourage me to take a nap. I'm like, I feel like I'm cheating, but thank you. I will happily take that. Okay. My last one is just... um Play games with your kids as much as possible. Um, I'm just finding that this is really useful for teaching. Mm. Um, So a good example of this would be that um, we sing the hokey pokey when we are washing up. Well, Emerson at this stage um, when we're washing him up after a meal. So like we sing, put your left hand in you put your left hand out you put your left hand in and you wash a wash a wash a and uh you do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around la di da di da that takes us from like it being a struggle because honestly like it's mm-hmm. just not a fun part of the meal to like him anticipating and clapping along and enjoying it uh-huh. also a warm washcloth makes a huge difference over <laughs> but anyways <laughs> So there's that. That worked really well with Rainy at that age, and it works really well with him. And then, um, what's something with Rainy? Oh, Rainy the other week is just starting to kind of experiment with whiny tones. Um, so we've talked before about how our words have power and also how the facial expressions we use convey something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was explaining to her that um, tone 
uh, or the type of voice you use really expresses a lot. And I said, you can use really kind words, but if your tone is whiny or angry, um, then that's what's going to come across. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I was like, you want to play a game? And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to say, and we we're in the car driving and all I could think of was I like soup. So I said, okay, I'm going to say <laughs> I like soup. That's great. In different tones. I love so, that. And I was like, and you guess what kind of voice I'm using. So I'd be like, I like soup. I like soup in all sorts of different. <laughs> she thought it was the best game ever. And it was like, we learned something. That's and pretty now great. she understands tones um, a lot better. So I like soup. Yeah. I and like the same soup. thing. Like Emerson's kind of in that stage where he hates diaper changes. And um, there's a recent discussion on one of my mom Facebook pages about this and like, People giving the advice to like snap your child on the wrist if they're like wiggling away or like Ooh. different things like that. Um, you know, explain to them that they have to stay still and like discipline them. And mm-hmm. honestly, like the world of difference when I give Emerson, I just give Emer- Emerson an animal and then make the animal noise with him. And suddenly he's completely like, He's willing to stay there and play because it's an enjoyable time and it's it's a moment of connection instead of a moment of struggle, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um, Where you're joining him in what he wants to do, sort of. It's really hard at that age as opposed to stay to, still. And I get yeah, that. Yeah. Um, also saying all done for him when he's done makes a world of difference because oh, now yeah. he goes, I'm done, and like knows that he can crawl away. I accidentally did that in in conversation with someone else that was not Emerson while I was changing him, and that turned into fun. Yeah. Because he got up. Oops. I was not done yet. Anyways, play games with your kids. 1010 would recommend. Woo. Cool. So this week we have listener feedback. In case you missed last week, we kind of talked about a big subject, which was um, a previous church experience that Tanya had, and uh, this episode uh, got quite a lot of attention, a little more atten- attention than I probably expected. Um, we got uh, over three times what we normally get in the first week of, of an episode release of, of listens, which is crazy. Thank you all for listening. Um, we hope that it blessed you. Um, I know some of those lessons were people who are not happy about the episode, which we will get to later. So hang in for that. Uh, but so, so we've gotten a lot of feedback around this episode, uh, both positive and negative. Uh, and so we're going to talk about some of that. Um, if, uh, just to reiterate, for those of you who don't know, you can give us your feedback on anything uh, via Instagram. Um, you can follow us, send us a direct message, um, or you can send in a voicemail at settolearn.com slash talk. Oh, and and if you have, if that episode was kind of a, oh, I, I, I can finally go, I, I finally need to go actually listen to the show, um, and you've decided you liked it, you can feel free to review us on Apple Podcasts. That would really help. We'd love to get your uh, thoughts and reviews on that. But enough about that. Let's get into some feedback. Yeah? Yeah. All right. So 
we got actually both Instagram and Twitter feed Twitter feedback uh, this week. Um, and and actually, before I read these out, I have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, I think that we should find some sort of a special name for our listeners when they give us feedback. You know, instead of like, uh, you know, listener Steve and listener Bob or listener Karen. Just like Bob one, Bob two, (laughs) Bob 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 three. You know, there is actually a podcast called uh, Hello Internet where they call all their listeners Tims. Oh, just Tim. Like they're they're Tims. Like just the name Tim. (laughs) Mildly amusing. We could just, I mean, in this episode, we could say happy listener, number one, angry listener, number one, <laughs> confused <laughs> listener, number one, kind of on the fence listener, number one. Uh, well, so I'm thinking like, since we're set to learn, we should do like some sort of a learning themed uh, prefix, you know what I mean? Like title, like learner, like learner is, is kind of a weird word. That doesn't really flow off the tongue very well. Yeah, and saying student or something makes it sound like, like we are. We know what the... we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know if you had any good ideas. Well, but we we'll... could be sitting at their feet and be like, "Master." Oh yes, like we turn it around and have it be like we are learning from our listeners. Yeah, all That's of that is very thought. strange, and maybe we'll talk about it some more. Yeah, yeah, and if. You know, if anybody's listening that you have like this amazing idea, feel free to send it to us. But anyway, I'm sorry. We're going to get when into you said like now. When you said like learning themed, I was like, like, like ruler and calculator <laughs> and eraser. Calculator Tim. <laughs> Anyways. So uh, our first feedback from Twitter this week, this is, uh, this is protractor Jared. Oh my goodness. Hey guys. <laughs> My wife and I frequently listen to your podcast. I just want to say that I could relate to Tanya's experience. I have personally dealt with church cultures that have overbearing and authoritative pastors. I probably won't call them a cult, but they are definitely cultish. I find resources from Nine Marks to be very helpful in building a biblical view of pastoral authority. Also check out Jonathan Lehman's book on church discipline from Nine Marks. Cool. So I'll put that link in the show notes. And Nine Marks would be, is there a full name for that? Nine, or is it just called Nine Marks? That's a good question. Because I didn't hear this feedback before. Yeah, I was bringing, bringing a bunch of this on you. It's just Nine Marks, Oh, I, I see. Cool. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, uh, this would be like, I think with Mark Dever would be involved in this. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I know the name Nine Marks, but I don't, uh, it doesn't ring a bell off the top of my head as far as like, oh, this is what they're known for. But I think this is a podcast as well. I mean, oh, okay. like they have, because they have episodes here, um, equipping the church uh, to fight pornography together. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Uh, a new, new book from Jonathan Lehman, The Rule of Love, How the Local Church Should Reflect God's Love and Authority. Yeah. Looks good. Looks good. Anyways, cool. Yeah. I will look forward to looking at all of that. Yeah. Thanks, Jared. Indeed. Um, And we got some feedback from Instagram as well. Uh, listener Rachel said, loved your cult episode. I grew up in what they call crazy little churches where my dad would get kicked out of one and we'd go find another. So thanks for talking about this important topic. 
You're welcome. Thanks for the feedback. Yeah, it's really interesting because I think small churches can totally be done well. Absolutely. Um, I was just thinking through that, like a small church structure and like our church, as our church gets bigger, we have in the bylaws that you take on more elders to mm-hmm. help meet those needs Yeah, um, and kind of help keep us honest and stable. Um, yeah. So I get why small churches may not have as much leadership in place, but I think that it can be done well. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, listener Alice sent in, thanks for your recent podcast. My husband spent many years in a similar cult situation, though thankfully one that has been uncovered via financial and sexual charges in the past few years. Mm-hmm. So it is no longer in place to the extent that it was. We moved cross-country last year and were in membership class of a church with what we thought was an amazing community when we came upon several of the red flags that Tanya mentioned. Praise God we were spared from another bad situation. And I fully identify with the fear of church authority and have said that many times. Uh, Alice is actually um, a Johnny and Friends friend. Yeah, Alice and I are friends on Facebook. Okay. And she's yeah. super sweet and seems incredibly wise. And I'm really sorry she went through that yeah. kind of twice. It really sucks to do that more than once. I mean, honestly, people being open, some of these messages I got to read and people being open is kind of like, oh, like shared experience. Awesome. But also, I'm really sorry. And that yeah. really sucks that you went through that. Um, so. Thanks for being willing to share, and hopefully you guys have found a healthy church. I think you have. Yeah, yeah. So that was just a piece of some of the responses Yeah, that came in. For for those of you who uh, don't know us personally, which I'm not sure, I don't think we've really talked about this with um, many other friends, but this this podcast has circulated through the church that we were talking about, um, we're not going to give any Honestly, probably in the 20, first 24 hours. Yeah, which was way quicker than I expected. I, I honestly did not expect really this to to penetrate that church um, much at all. Uh, but yeah, first 24, 48 hours, um, we were hearing through the grapevine that people were listening to it and, uh, and there were responses being, format, uh, like being formed and stuff. Um, which was certainly an experience. Uh, Waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, but honestly, what was what was most interesting was that as soon as the episode came out, um, people contacted us who had left that church and said, "This is really good, uh, but we're scared for you," and yeah. that was kind of. Just confirmed in our minds that it was a useful conversation to have um, because everybody who is left there seems to have this feeling that they're not able to talk about it. And and we got a lot of positive feedback from people uh, like people who came out of that church. They they caught on to it pretty quickly, too. And uh, we got a lot of positive feedback from them, uh, basically citing the same sorts of things we were talking about, like resonating wholeheartedly with them. Yeah, I think a lot of people hadn't felt open to share with one another. And I'm sure, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people had dialogued with other people with um, with pastors and with 
with counselors and stuff. But um, I think that deep down sometimes after you leave a situation like that, you're like, should I have done more? Am I a little crazy? Um, And I think just confirming that we all had so many shared experiences was kind of crazy for some people. And we were getting messages about people saying that there was just a lot of healing coming through it. And um, yeah, that's why we did it. Yeah. That, that is, that was the purpose of the show really. Um, Which I'm glad that was effective for a lot of people. Yeah. We had kind of, since com- since all of it coming out, um, we've gotten to talk a lot with other people who have left, and um, it's kind of emotionally exhausting rehashing yeah. so much, I think, for all of us, but also really good. Um, but in my heart, I definitely just kind of want to be, <laughs> I want this episode <laughs> to be done, and I want to just, like, move on to the next thing, because yeah, it just keeps on, like, being brought up again over and over and yeah i'm really grateful that that's not where we're at right now and we can move Mm -hmm. forward yeah for those of you uh wondering oh is this going to turn into uh the cult show (laughs) this is not going to turn into the cult show we uh we're ready to be done with this topic we're going to address some negative feedback as well and then we're pretty much just going to drop the topic yeah for a while um there was enough feedback that we stuff. felt like we should talk about it. Yeah, um, exactly. So, yeah. Especially for everyone who uh, had left that church situation and, you know, reached out despite fear and different things happening in life. Mm-hmm. Um, a huge thank you, especially to you, because I know it wasn't easy. Yeah. Especially those who, like, publicly commented on my Facebook page. Um, yeah. That all of the people from the church could easily trace them um Mm -hmm. not anonymously uh wow go you and i hope that you're not facing too much after that yeah shall we talk about some negative feedback sure okay um so i think we've gotten about three letters now well one was a more of a conversation like a texting conversation the other two were full-on letters um, one was 12 pages long, one was four pages long, um, from people who are either currently still in the church or, um, amicably left the church because they had to leave for, uh, just geographical reasons. They had to move somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, not, hmm. I'm not super sure where to start on this because, we're not going to talk about 12 pages of mm-hmm. rebuttal to the mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was the first letter we received was this, this 12 page um, document. And it was a bit of a like point by point um, rebuttal of everything that we said on the show. And what it, what the letter kind of boiled down to was not believing our experiences. And I say our experiences as like, I know Tanya was the one who experienced it. I was not there, but um, I have witnessed and understood like the, the outpour, like the aftershocks of, of this experience. So anyway, don't get too crazy about the terminology there. Um, But 
it boiled down to not um not taking our experiences as true because their experiences were not that and that's not what they're seeing and just deeply trusting the heart and motives of of the their leadership. pastoral yeah. team yeah which i mean honestly makes sense if you're still there and like that your experience might be completely different and your perspective would be completely different. And I would really hope it would be because you're still there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also like, and I, I told this to her in the, in the letter too, that I'm very deeply grateful that they have not had uh, the experiences that, that Tanya and her family have had. Um, But that we have, had these experiences and we're doing our best to be as truthful and as serious about this as we can. Uh, Derek is like destroying his shirt over here slowly, <laughs> like playing with his sleeves. Honestly, we're both so worked up cause we want to do this well. Yeah. And I mean, normally we have prep for a podcast and stuff, but even more so these episodes are ones that we lead in with great prayer and, uh, taking very seriously so yeah um yeah and with a very <laughs> shaky voice i can still hear my voice shaking right now yeah oh well. yeah it's okay it's all right um i don't really remember where i was but yeah i mean i'm we're, we're doing our best to take this seriously and um yeah anyway that that that's about what that letter boiled down to um your conversation had an interesting question in it that I wanted to talk about outside of that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, that being, how do we see this podcast, last week's podcast, as uh, glorifying God? How does this serve to glorify God and, and uh, build his church? And how could we possibly um, have pure motives in starting a conversation that is so painful for so many people, mm-hmm. which is like, Honestly, the hardest part of all of this, knowing that people are hurt, at least for me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like making people sad. I don't no. like making people angry. I I mean, I for sure have an unhealthy fear of people, but I don't I don't want to hurt people. Yeah. And, and I don't particularly enjoy composing uh, response letters that I know will inevitably be taken as... Uh, me being a bit of a heartless, uh, cruel person, which is uh, to be charitable to be charitable to the people receiving them. That is a very human reaction when someone is attacking your church like this, the the community that you're involved in. So I I understand that, um, but I'm still going to speak truth. There's, you know. God did not send the prophets to be particularly nice to people, uh, but to speak God's truth and um, and and hope for repentance. And I am not at all placing myself <laughs> or you in the role of a prophet, um, but this is the sort of pattern that we're attempting to follow. Uh, be humble. We're trying to be humble and truthful and consistent, uh, and love people with 
this hard truth. And and to be entirely frank, our uh, our last the last podcast was not really made for the people at this church that we're talking about. It was made for the people that came out of that church or who are in the church and have these thoughts and um, need somebody and need somebody to talk about these things mm-hmm. with. And honestly, d- dialoguing with um, the more frustrated, upset responses where uh, people don't see any uh, shred of truth in mm-hmm. what was shared um, is not necessarily our end goal. Um, it isn't at all. Yeah. <laughs> I no, mean, honestly, yeah. for me, I just don't have the emotional energy to to dialogue uh, over and over because so many conversations were had before leaving a church that were um, really serious and mm-hmm. a lot of mental energy. Um, actually yeah, yeah. talking to my parents after the podcast and looking at all of the letters that they received, um, which I had not seen before the podcast, really. Um, and then they also had a letter that I wrote them with questions um, where I was, you know, saying, like seeing both sides and trying to figure out if I was meant to be still be at this church or what questions I should still be processing through. Anyways, it's been a very long road and it's not really something that I want to get sucked back into. I yeah. don't think it would be healthy to be sucked back into. And and that was the last letter that I received was was someone who expressed concern and, and wanted to dialogue more with us about this. I didn't have any indication that he particularly uh, believed what we were saying, um, which again, you know, it's fine. Um, but it, but again, you have done your due diligence. Your family has done your due diligence. I was not a part of it. So I do not feel the need to engage in that sort of a conversation. Plus I'm, I, I, I think I don't that have everybody who has left that church, so. at least the people that have reached out have spent hours and hours yeah. dialoguing. Yep. Um, and, and but anyways, going back to how, how can this bring God glory yeah. and how can there be pure motives? Do you want to address that? Yeah. So like I said before, our previous show was about helping people who left the church previously process um, their experiences and to give people who are there, who are asking these questions on their own to have a foil against to, to, to knock their ideas around. Um, and it's not to convert people. It's, it's, it's not really for the people in the church, uh, that are happy with their experience. Um, if this is used to bring people out of that church, I am very happy about that. And, um, I think, and we are speaking truthfully as we can, and, and our motives are to help people, to, to bring people out of a bad situation. That uh, you, so you have to take, us, uh, take our word for it, basically, to say that our motives are good here. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that something that was brought up in both of the letters we received was um, a definition of what hyper-Calvinism oh, yes. is. 
and with links and stuff and mm-hmm. i might be totally off with that um from the links that were shared what i was going off of was conversations with um my mentors who had uh you know theological seminary background who described this type of a church situation where um the grace of god it, it takes the back burner to the condemnation of man, which was what I experienced there as being hyper-reformed Calvinism. But the articles that were shared didn't seem to line up with that. So I might be totally off base. I need to do some more research. Um, I have found some things that have pointed in the direction that I wasn't off base, but looking at those articles, it looks like I totally am. So again, I would have to like, <laughs> I have to research it a lot more. I think maybe to explain more specifically about what we meant by that term is uh, more on the realm of lordship salvation as proposed by MacArthur, taking taken to a degree that is unhealthy. Uh, An extremity. The, yeah, yeah. Where you are constantly asking if you are saved because... Uh, because you you keep doing bad things, mm-hmm. uh, because you're not seeing God's grace in your life, but seeing uh, the sin that you contribute to the situation. Which uh, when which that that kind of idea, the idea that that God's grace is working in us to better us and improve us, is important, and that is taught in the Bible. But if you do not have the um, the perspective of God's grace, the sin is very crushing because it's supposed to be because mm-hmm. that's why that's how grace is, um, is so amazing. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there was that imbalance that I think if, if I'm describing this right, no, that's the imbalance correct. that you were seeing that we termed as hyper Calvinism. So if that is not it, then that's fine. Just throw that term away. We're, Sorry about that. And we're really sorry for using the wrong term. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Is there anything you wish you would have done differently in the podcast, Eric? There were probably a couple of times that I laughed that I probably shouldn't have, but that's kind of just me laughing at inappropriate times. Um, I think that you knew that I was really worked up too, and you were trying to like. I was trying to be lighthearted. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, there's that. Um, I. I did wish that I would have said some of the things that I appreciated about being at that church. Oh, yeah, Um, that's right. So here's that moment. Yeah, Um, let's do it. I did appreciate, obviously, the really strong community. Mm -hmm. That was fantastic. Um, And, like, obviously, some fantastic people there, like some people who love hard and strong um, Mm -hmm. and who love the Lord. Um. And I was grateful for um, a lot of the teaching because I got a lot of church history um, growing up. And um, yeah, there's just a, a lot of passion for, for the Bible. Yeah. That's about, I think that's about all we're going to do this week. Uh, we'll get back into doing topics next week. Let's choose a real light topic. Yeah, Derek. we'll have we'll have <laughs> we'll try to have fun next week. Um so come on back. We'd love to see you again. Wait, wait, wait. Before we uh have you learned anything out of these weeks? Of, oh yeah, that's a good question. Of 
conversation with people who have left and with people who have not. Have you learned anything like in our marriage and the way we communicate or just personally? Well, we've gone through similar situations like this before, which I think is which I think has empowered us in this situation. We've we've had a couple of times where we've had to partner together for difficult conversations um, where we've really needed to exercise humility and um, carefulness. And in, seek a lot of wisdom and seek outside a lot of, wisdom. of ourselves. Yeah, which which I think has been good for this. Um, I think we may have been... I, I'm, I'm not sure we would have done last week's episode had we not uh, had these sorts of experiences before. So um, there's always, always ways to learn how to better react to stuff. Mm-hmm. Um I still get that extreme tightening in my chest when I see that letter hit my email inbox. It's not fun. It's not fun. No. Um, it's, it's a good, it's a good thing to have. It's a good, good to have that feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm grateful that people care enough about us to want to dialogue. And I love those people there. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I've, learned that every time I, I listen to our podcast several times, um, kind of after every, well, I listened to it a couple of times after it released. And then like after every negative letter that we got, I listened to it again. And I was just so impressed at you and how well you comported yourself and how, um, careful you were and and uh i'm just i'm so glad you're my wife and i'm so proud of you (laughs) and i just made you cry which makes me a little happy (laughs) (laughs) um it's like the rare unicorn so crying tanya (laughs) so i don't know that i could pull out something specific that i've learned with this experience rather than it has been an experience and there's probably lots of minute things along the way that I've become strengthened in or had had to tweak or whatever and I'm Mm -hmm. sure this is one of those things I'll find out later what I learned here and why it was important to learn it (laughs) you know how that happens yeah (laughs) how about you oh man I think just processing, I love psychology and I can't help but try to figure out, I mean, I can't help but think what people are probably thinking when they listen to us, like, Mm -hmm. oh, they're just bitter, oh, they're just trying to get attention. Yeah. Uh, And like, this is something that I had to process several times with with other people because I was like I really want like my motivations I've prayed for pure motivations and Uh I really want that to come across obviously if people think that you're a liar then it's probably not going to matter no matter how you present yourself Um, Mm -hmm. but it's something that holds great weight in my heart probably to a fault a lot of the time so (laughs) going through that and learning from that has been interesting. 
Um, honestly, there was just a lot of prayer for everybody listening to it. And I had some really sweet moments with the Lord in the past few weeks, even with the bumps of um, difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned a lot about just how worry is uh, fear masquerading as something useful when neither of them are useful. Mm-hmm. Um, and had some sweet moments of just going back to identity in Christ. Um, and then just as I listened to people's stories, um, I was reminded when someone is willing to be vulnerable with me, that I take the time to listen and express heartbreak and really hear their heart before I judge their motivations, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Just thinking through those processes was useful to me. Um, not that it's not useful to sometimes, you know, pick apart someone's motivations and their story. And, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Part of the, um, part of the tricky thing for me with this is that I've listened to a lot of polemics podcasts mm-hmm. where the host goes through someone's speech and picks, kind of picks everything apart because uh, they're heretics and, you know, they, they, they're preaching false doctrine and this is why, and this is why. And, um, and, and, uh, and I know most and you of the know time. I hate those podcasts. Oh, I know you hate those podcasts. Mostly because they're like mocking them, like yeah. laughing at them, and, and, and I don't t- think that that's a useful way. But I know that it takes the edge <laughs> off of things. Yeah, yeah. But I really struggle with podcasts where people reprimand people and like mock them. It, it just doesn't feel useful to me. But anyways, yeah. yeah. And with that, you because because you need to have. For that to work, you need to have the context of uh, these people have been, you know, tried to be reached out to personally and all that stuff before. But anyway, so I I have that context in my mind and I know how the people who are criticized like that respond to that kind of writing people off like just, you know, they're, they're just the haters. They're, you know, whatever. Um, you surround yourself with those who believe in you, that sort of thing. I did not want to do that for this show, mm-hmm. there's, unfortunately, <laughs> there's an element of that that's a little true because you have to... Um, eventually. Eventually. Check out. Because you Unsubscribe. can't... Unsubscribe. Because if you both very much disagree on something and there's not much hope for reconciliation, you're just going to run both yourselves down and it's better to just part ways and not talk about it um i did choose this time around to respond to each time we got letters um but i'll probably only do it once because i I want to be charitable enough and 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 these are people like they were just you know i i they are human beings even if we disagree with them um (laughs) I don't know where you I'm are going an alien this. because I don't agree. <laughs> no, but it, it's easy. It, it's easy sometimes in in harsh disagreements to, to see not see the as, face. You just see the text it, on the computer exactly, screen. Exactly. Exactly right. Yes. Um. So I want to respond in in love 
uh, but be frank and, you know, anyway, it, it's a, it's a really hard balance and I don't know if I hit that balance, but I guess we'll find out. <laughs> That's probably what I'm learning with this whole thing. Probably. And don't, don't hinge your, don't hinge a grading of your kindness and eloquence and straightforwardness in that letter based on the response because right right that's yeah, not a good exactly way to track that because at some point we're going to be just talking past each other which we've seen done a lot so yeah yeah anyway Is there a positive note to end on derek like well like i, I s- feel like we've been like trotting through quicksand this entire episode and- yeah exactly <laughs> Well, I, thank you again for all of you who have reached out to us in support. Um, that's helped more than you know. Um, as silly as that might sound, it's really encouraging to get those notes and hear that um, that reemphasis that yeah, we're. Uh, it reminds us why true. we did it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, thanks again to everyone who is willing to give a response, positive or negative. Um, And for those of you who responded positively with stories, um, again, thank you for being willing to uh, be vulnerable and speak out. I think that that's been encouraging to a lot of different people, including us. Mm -hmm. Um, And please join us again next week where we will not be talking about a cult and hopefully not anything heavy. And if you have suggestions for a lighthearted topic that you would like to hear about, you know where to find us. Yes. Instant hit up that Insta or send us a voicemail. And Woo. you might be labeled as a protractor. <laughs> Protractors unite. Thanks for joining us. If you want to follow or talk to us, you can do that on Instagram or Twitter at SetToLearn. And our website is settolearn.com. Keep learning, and we'll see you next time.